Hi, I'm Michael Williams, Artistic Director of Sydney Writers' Festival. This recording and the festival itself take place on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to ancestors and elders, past and present. We hope you enjoy this conversation from our 2021 podcast series. I'm writing at the moment about real objects that humans have launched into outer space, a way of getting perspective on who we are as earthlings. Space objects embody the contradictions of the phrase within reach. They're closely tied to us as our proxies in space, yet they no longer remain fully obedient to us, scientifically or symbolically, the further away they get. Think of Voyager 1 and 2, twin spacecraft that are the most distant human-made objects from Earth. Launched in 1977, their mission was only meant to last four years, doing flybys of Jupiter and Saturn. But they survived and explored the outer gas giants in our solar system, and still they kept going. They're now in interstellar space, a liminal zone where they're subject to the forces not only of our sun, but of other stars. Soon, the last of their scientific instruments will be switched off, and they'll no longer be able to communicate with us. At that point, they'll be 22 billion kilometres away. Yet their mission does not end once they can no longer send back data. On board, they each have a copy of the famous Golden Record, a time capsule curated over two short months by the astronomer Carl Sagan and a small team, including his wife at the time, Linda Sagan, the music journalist Tim Ferriss, and a young woman writer called Annie Druyan, who was Tim's fiancée. The two golden records were made of copper and plated with gold. On them were stored around 900 images, samples of music, and human greetings in different languages for aliens. My favourite is this one, which seems friendly, but contains a subtle warning. Hello to everyone. We are happy here, and you be happy there. <laughs> Carl fervently hoped that another intelligent life form might one day encounter the voyages, play the record, and find humans to be delightful creatures worth a visit the next time they passed by Earth. In space circles, the golden record is spoken of in worshipful tones, as a visionary message in a bottle tossed into the unknown, a profound gesture of hope in the face of the human condition of seeming to be alone in the cosmos. But I'm not so sure. Can you imagine believing you have the right to design a message from humans to aliens, to create a time capsule to represent humanity for all time? Carl's passion for sending messages to the future was ignited as a boy when his parents took him to the 1939 World's Fair in New York City. He'd watched one of the first time capsules in the world 
get buried beneath flushing meadows. It was shaped like a rocket, and the designer called it a time bomb until he realized that wasn't such a good name right as the war was starting. Inside this shiny tube were dolls and dollars, cigarettes, hats, seeds, alphabet blocks, all buried for humans to open in the year 6,900. Some might say that it's still better to send an imperfect message to the future than nothing at all. But what we choose to memorialize is as political and flawed as what we choose to forget. This became even more clear to me when I stumbled upon the background to the governing principles Carl and his group had used while selecting images and sounds for the golden record. There were heated debates over whether they should only represent the positive sides to humanity. If they included images and sounds of war, murder, rape, poverty, slavery and genocide, then was there not a risk that the aliens might think the humans were threatening them? Or that they were not worth communicating with, given the depths to which they'd sunk in their treatment of one another and the often bitter misery of life on Earth? Annie Druyan, the writer, was the only team member who believed they had a responsibility to include reference on the golden record to the more disturbing aspects of our species. She searched high and low for the right sound to represent this in the audio essay she was creating about the history of life on Earth. Eventually, she found a recording of a sound she felt captured the banality of human horror. It was from a World War I archive, an American soldier chatting happily without a care in the world while he fired mustard gas grenades towards the German trenches. But the others said no. Annie tried again to convince them that only including happy sounds and images would be a mistake. The aliens, she said, would judge humans harshly, not for what they had done wrong, but for being incapable of owning up to it. Still, the others said no, Carl most adamantly. So Annie gave up. The sounds she collected for the audio essay on the golden record are neutral, unthreatening. Earthquakes, storms, frogs, wolves, the beating of a human heart, footfalls, fire, tools, cars, planes, a rocket launch and closing with the sound of a kiss, a woman whispering to her baby, and the radio emissions of a pulsar. While all this was happening, Annie and Carl were falling in love. The sound of the kiss Annie included was a recording she made of her fiancé, Tim, pecking her on the cheek. But after that comes something that would be unintelligible to most humans let alone to aliens. It's the sound of Annie's thoughts, recorded while she was hooked up to an electroencephalogram machine. She was thinking about Carl and how they'd secretly decided to break up with their partners at the same time on the same day so they could be together. 
I've wondered if Annie felt vindicated afterwards, knowing she'd managed, after all, to include a seed of something more complicated about humans in her audio essay. The sound not only of her joy in new love, but of her capacity for betrayal. A reckoning with the risks a person will take and the hurt they will cause in order to secure their own happiness. A hint about the extremes of human emotion, more true to what it is to be human than anything else on the golden record. In hundreds of thousands of years, Voyager 1 and 2 and their golden records will be pulled gently into permanent orbit around the centre of the Milky Way. Out there, they may end up being the only Earth objects that survive any of us, the only artefacts of all that ever was. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to and rate our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts.